Welcome to another episode of Natvar Brews. My name is Andy, I'm a beer lover and home brewer based here in Cardiff in beautiful Wales. And for our Christmas episode this year we've got something very special because we are here in Pop and Hops, which is a Cardiff institution really. A well-loved local beer tap room, beer selling shop, the home of great music and great beer. And I'm really, really happy to be joined by founder of Pop and Hops, Trev McKay. How are you doing, Trev? Hi, I'm good. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for inviting me. Well, thanks for letting us take over your shop for the evening. And actually, there's people in here drinking, isn't there? Uh, yeah. That as soon as you put the lights on, people come in. Yeah, unfortunately, that wasn't the plan. But, you know, <laughs> blessing for me, I've got people in having a beer. So, yeah. And that's something we'll talk about later is that you know, it's not easy at the moment to actually get people in anywhere, is it, really? So you've got to take the chance when it's there. Yeah, you don't turn away customer anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so look, I've said it's a Cardiff institution. Wind back the clock and tell us the whole story, because what it is today is a bit different from what it started as. Yeah, when, when it started, I was working in London, had an idea for a shop, a record shop. Okay. That's what I had the idea for, and I was like, well, records on their own in 2015 aren't gonna work right so i was like what else do i love i love beer i really like beer so i was like yeah we'll do records and beer and then had an it job which i've been doing for 20 25 years whatever and different companies but different charities whatever but basically got to the point where i was like i can't do this anymore i've I've burnt myself out in it And me and my half looked at other places to move to. I've got family in Wales. I grew up in Wales. We basically decided to move to Cardiff. And I looked it around and I was like, there's room for what I want to do in yeah. Cardiff. We set out with the intention of opening in 2016. A couple of things came up in life that meant we got delayed. And we opened up in 2017. So July 2017. So we've been here, yeah, it's about six, six and a half years. The idea was always to do records of beer. And for the first three years... It was about 40% records, 60% beer. And then some point in 2020, the world went a bit mad. Browsing records in a shop wasn't really an option, but selling beer by delivery was. So it kind of flipped from being records and beer to just beer about three, three and a half years ago. We went from being a little off license with beer and records to pretty much a tap room. We're definitely busier now than we were in 2017. We're not as busy as we were a few years ago, but the whole world's changed in the last three or four years, so that's changed what we do as well, because we've gone from stocking, what, 650 beers to about 350. Wow. So we've had to rein it in, because at 650, you need to sell a lot of beer. Now we just need to be a bit smarter and sell the beer at the right price and the right beer, not just lots of it. So the, the off sales have kind of gone down and the tap room has gone up. Yeah, well, the tap room was always muted when we moved from here. We started off next door, which was never had room for a tap room. We did a few pop-up events in there and it was always busy. Then we came here and the idea was to do the tap room. We moved in here in November 2020, so after lockdown, but still in deep COVID times when we didn't know when the next lockdown was coming. So we basically said, We'll move in here, we'll get the bar ready, but we didn't actually launch the bar for another 14 months, so it was February 2021 that we opened the bar. Actually, we got space for sitting down or records. We couldn't do both. Yeah. So at that point, we were like, we're gonna knock the records on the head and focus on the bar and the beer shop. It's probably been the right decision, but I miss playing with records, basically. But the record shop 
continued on next my, door my friend took it on okay right I wonder, um, I wonder what the story was with that and when I moved out it was middle of lockdown he used to do record fairs and I said Ed there's no record fairs you can't make any money you can't survive just on eBay it? yes and he literally moved in the week we moved out but music's a massive part of your life right? we, is, yeah. we were just talking about Jesus and Mary Chain before before we started recording and uh, you've been to like 60 of their gigs over yeah something like over that over 35 years so. yeah uh, big big embarrassing in a moment yeah I'm, I'm a bit of a fanboy when it comes to Mary Chain but yeah we, we and, and before I opened Pop and Hops I ran a record label for seven eight, seven eight years and the record label although not officially closed lasted anything in 2019 but yeah we did the record label for years I was a music promoter in London oh, alongside yeah. my day job so I used to put on shows small shows wow. 150 capacity sort of stuff so yeah the music was always the side I was coming in from but knowing the music I liked wasn't going to be mainstream I was like I'll do a second hand record shop a little bit of new stuff and we'll do a beer on the side. And it soon, over two or three years, became apparent that the new stuff wasn't going to sell. No one cared about the small bands that only at least 100 records that I Shame. Shame. You know, as much as I love yeah, them, but you know, we, um, but, you know, I, I couldn't make people buy a record they'd never heard by a band they'd never heard of. Yeah. But what I could do is make them buy a nice beer. And although passionate about beer when I opened, I learned a hell of a lot in the first two, three mm. years did brewing courses I, I went off, I went off and did just because I was like okay I really like beer but I know nothing about this style or I know nothing about that style so I went off and thought I need to scratch up on this because when I started I predominantly like what everyone likes when they start with craft beer I, I came from a real ale background but I liked hazy IPAs I like strong double IPAs but then I was like I've got to learn about showers and lambics and belgians and all that stuff i didn't know much about in 2016 mm. so it took it took a long time to find my feet with beer but in the first two or three years i was stocking enough of what people wanted and that gave me the the room to learn about everything else one so of the it, things i love about this place is that it's a great place to come and try stuff that you wouldn't normally or that maybe you've wanted to try but you haven't had the opportunity like looking at what's on your taps no, so what you've got maybe five or six taps tonight on we've got seven on tonight seven on tonight and you know in there there's a sour there's a stout there's a deeper there's a, a red ale there's a lager you know there's there's a whole mix yeah. and we, what, we try and keep it interesting because nothing makes my heart sink and going to a craft beer bar yeah walking in and seeing seven identical pale ales yeah <laughs> I'm like this one's juicy oh this one's juicy as well oh this one's juicy as they're, well they're amazing beers but you don't need seven of them no you don't no. You, you want two or three tops in that style and then you can branch out reds are amazing no yeah. not as many people sell or make them stouts are amazing this sour is incredible mm. but when I walk into some craft beer bars, I'm like, oh, you've got 14 lines, but 12 of them are 5% pails. Yeah. I love to bring my friends here. Now, obviously, I'm quite into my beer, and I brew my own beer, yeah. so I'm, I will happily go and taste around and go, yeah. oh, look, there's a, there's a sour. I have, and this is a bit of an offshoot, but it's also brilliant that doing the taproom thing where you can have a third of something, and if you don't like it, it doesn't matter. But you always have stuff on here that I know I can bring my mates in, maybe who only ever drink lager there'll be a lager on it's It'll always be a good lager and unfiltered or be, there'll be something good about it or interesting about it but still accessible to there's people a, who are not into their yeah there's always one the, 
99% of the time there's always a craft lager on and we've probably got 15 to 20 lagers in the fridge as well yeah. so if they don't like what's on tap they've got a choice yeah and giving people choice is kind of why we're here that's half the reason for doing this is I don't want to walk into a pub and go there's a Carlin there's a Green King IPA there's a whatever when you're walking in I want people to go, oh there's a choice okay I don't know what I'm asking for but we hopefully employ knowledgeable staff or I'm here hopefully and people can be guided to stuff they might like so it's all about a journey for us it's like people come in and go I really like something and they give me a beer and I'm like well, we haven't got that. If you like that, try this. Mm-hmm. And if they don't like that, we can kind of guide them to a something else. And it's always about many people out there that say they don't like beer until they've tried a beer. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I don't know how many styles there are. 150, 160 styles of beer. There's a beer for someone. Yeah. Like I've had many cider drinkers and wine drinkers come in going, I don't like beer. And I've given them a... F- really funky Belgium sour and they've gone that's amazing yeah but they wouldn't consider it beer because they think oh it's going to be a fizzy carling that's or, what beer is or an old man twiggy yeah. brown thing yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know the perception out there is beer is one of three or four things yeah. this is fruity funky quite sour cider drinkers love it yeah, just to fill everyone in we were thinking we would do this interview when in the shop because it's nice to be here what yeah. the place we're talking about but we thought we, it won't be open but just through the process of you coming in putting the lights on so that we could set up people came in yeah not, and you've got to serve them like that's that's not, part not there's lo- people drinking around the corner now yeah not loads of people came in but people came in and said oh i want a beer and i'm like well that's what i do yeah we're not supposed to be open but the lights are on in this day and age it's foolish to turn away even two or three paying customers because mm. you know um, we get some days where we don't get them and yeah. that's the tough part these days it's it's much quieter than it's been for years but we understand that the cost of living crisis is there it's real people's bills have gone up their mortgages have gone up their jobs have gone down their pay hasn't gone up we understand it's tough but you know at the end of the day we've got to keep paying our electric bill we've got so if someone wants to buy a beer I'm going to say yes yeah well look let's talk about that now since it's come up naturally how hard is it at the moment to keep this place going that's a tough question because I've just signed a new lease but I wouldn't sign the new lease without a year break without that break I'm not prepared to commit to longer because it's my money on the line Mm. you know this is it's a business it's not easy at the moment takeaways down massively but without the bar we were closed I wouldn't say it's impossible to survive but I do think bottle shops, pure takeaway bottle shops, are soon to be a thing of the past. Which is a shame because for a healthy beer scene, for a healthy high street, for healthy cities and neighbourhoods, you need independent places like this. Yeah. The breweries during lockdown start selling direct. They love it. There's no middleman. They make more money. Yep. Through that time, supermarket offerings gone through the roof compared to what it used to be. People are still buying beer, but it's much more price sensitive. And we're small, we don't have the economies of scale. We can't sell beer for £2.50 a tub. Mm. We can't We can't do it. it. There's no money in it. And there are certain breweries that have sold us beer for £2.80 wholesale. And then we go, yeah, great, we'll put that out for £4.90 a can or whatever. 
find out a week later it's in Tesco's for three pounds, and we're like, what? So they've done a deal direct with Tesco? Yeah, but they haven't or? told us. Yeah. So we bought the beer and we're stuck with how many cans yeah, of that yeah, we yeah. bought. Yeah. We can't sell it. No, of course. Uh, it's because people are savvy, aren't they? They're yeah, like, well, no, why would I pay two pounds more? No, like, yeah, people have got no money. I don't blame them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we've got to be quite choosy and quite switched on to what's going on with certain breweries there's lots of breweries I love but I can't stop because they're too super prominent and there's lots of breweries that I love that also wholesale wise are too expensive like their cans here could be six seven eight pound direct from their website they could be four five six people are gonna buy six off you and none off me Mm. so there are breweries that I love that I don't stock yeah, that's a shame, but, isn't it? But because I've got the taps and I've got kegs, we now get a lot of those brews in on keg instead of can. So we're not focusing on the takeout so much. If we can focus on our keg sales, keep ourselves busy Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, they're the f- three or four nights a week that we need to be pretty full. If we do that, we, we've got a fighting chance of getting through. Yeah. It's no way guaranteed because there's always cost pressures. Like my electric bills just doubled. I moved into this place in November 2020. 16 pence a kilowatt I was paying in 2020. Went out of contract end of November this year. My kilowatt price is now 34 pence. That's, That's more, more than doubled. That's more than doubled. Yeah. So my so my my current plan is to retire fridges with cost of fortune to run. Right. Have less fridges, less takeout because we're selling less. Yeah. More agile. Get rid of fridges. Bring our electric bill down. My big thing with the fridges that we've got down there is if I cut two fridges out, people go. There's less choice. Are they less likely to come in? But considering takeout's only doing forty percent, maybe thirty five percent of our business now. Mm. Probably that doesn't matter mm. if we focus on drinking in mm. and we've got 150 200 beers our peak we were 650 mm. but if we end up at 200 250 beers and eight to ten lines on tap that could be the way that we survive but by doing that we lose three fridges and that's going to save us 300 pound a month on electric wow yeah so, so you're having to add all these things up in your head yeah. constantly yeah. and yeah, strategize. We, but but you know, a year ago we had nine fridges in you. At the moment we've got five, and there's every chance in the new year we'll lose two more. Well, it's a shame to lose the choice, but at the same time, you know, if the choice keeps, will still be there. If it, it keeps you open. Breath. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd rather yeah. be open than have choice. Oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> that's and, the thing. And it's, it's an incredible night to come down here, and you will sit. You don't know what's going to be on on tap, and you go and you go wow, uh, there's three or four beers that I want to try straight off the bat. And then you get into something and then you start to look at the fridges and you might have something to have here or you might think, end of the night, let's take some of them. And and you just end up having tried probably months worth of beer discovery in an evening. And your knowledge and your, just your passion and your taste has all gone through the roof. And to do that with a group of friends Especially when you're all at slightly different levels of being into beer. Like I said yeah. before, I've had friends down here who've gone, oh, well, I would never drink a stout. And you're like, well, look, let me buy your third. Doesn't matter if you don't like it. And I go, you know, and then they finish the glass, don't they? And yeah. then they go, oh, I'm like, well, have they got any stout in the fridges? And, and you then think, you've sold three or four exactly. takeaways. Yeah. And it, it does happen. Um, 
we do bottle share nights where people bring in a bottle and share them. We do homebrew nights that you're aware of. Yeah. All these things bring people in that like to talk about beer. Mm. Even if there's someone there that's not that beer enthusiastic, when they see enthusiasts being enthusiastic... Yeah, the passion just spreads. It spreads. Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. And it really, you know, I've had beer nights where we've had people sharing big bottles of beer, and there's been a crowd in there just drinking lager. And at the end of the night, they're trying sours. <laughs> and, you're like, and you're like, and that's not what pubs are for, mm. but it's what places like this are for. Yeah. It's about discovery, it's about loving beer. Hopefully... There's a room for us in the future. Uh, I think there is. It's been touch and go for about 12 months, and it's, it's going to be touch and go for another couple of years. But unless anything goes drastically wrong, we're going to be okay. But, you know, lots of things have gone drastically wrong in the yeah, last three or four years, yeah. so I can't say we're going to be here in a year or two years or three years. We're just going to keep trying. The main thing I want to say is, like, thank you for having that passion and determination to keep keep going because I think there would there would be people in your situation that might have knocked it on the head by now but you have the determination to keep going and to keep trying stuff and then I guess to anyone listening just come here and spend money because is that use it or lose it it, it boils down to that doesn't it we all love to have these places and go oh look there's that cool beer shop yeah. but if you don't go and use it then one day it will go I like and loathe the use it or lose it term which I used on social media a couple of times because I appreciate some people haven't got the money to use it and they'll show their support in other ways by recommendation True. yeah so for me it, it's support us any way you can whether it's sharing a social media post coming in buying a beer telling your beer loving uncle to buy your Christmas present year yeah. all of those things make a difference you know some people just used to come in spend I don't know 30 pounds a week they haven't got that money now so they're yeah. not but if they're telling their friends to buy their Christmas presents here that's helping Mm. it's all of those small things because I appreciate that you know, no one's got the money they had even four or five years ago telling people about us word of mouth is better than any advertising you can do so if you've enjoyed us just tell people you've enjoyed us yeah. that really does help no that's good support in any way you can is a better yeah. way than use it or lose it I take that totally but I would say also if, you're, if you are maybe one of a group of friends and you're the one that thinks well I'd like to go there bring your friends because like you say there is a beer for everyone and actually it's compared to you know you can go anywhere for a night out like you said the pub you kind of know what you're going to get yeah in here it's it's a different night every time and you know you there's just a feeling in this place that it's it's done with passion and it's done with dedication and I think I think people really respond to that anyone I brought in here has gone oh wow I, I, that's you know, it's been a really positive evening. Yeah, we're rough around the edges. I'm not going to tell a lie. We, That's you know, good, though. We're, we're not, You're we're, real. We're, we're not the finished article, but everyone says it's a good atmosphere and a good vibe. Yeah. And we're trying to create a space that feels welcoming for anybody and a place where you come out and go, yeah, that wasn't look like just sitting in my local and having yeah. a pint yeah. of Carlin or whatever. Yeah. Proof of the pudding is if people keep coming out. Yeah. And for the most part, we're busy enough, but you know, it, this last year has been tougher than most. So, yeah. All right. well, we'll just looks, keep going. Yeah, support, support anyway you can. So, um, I set us up in this corner, and th- behind this door is the is the cold room, right? Yeah. So, for people that don't know how like a tap room works, what what's going on in there? Craft beer is either kept in a room that's about ten degrees, and then shoved through a cold chiller and served at three or four degrees, which isn't good for the beer. Beer should, generally, craft beer should be stored at about four degrees. 
So, so it's being stored at the same temperature. So yeah. So this room literally stores the beer at four degrees. So it's a big refrigerator. So it costs a fortune, but it's huge. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah. Whereas if you store it at ten degrees, flash chill it, it tastes okay come out of the tap but it's not good for the beer the beer's not been treated the way right. you wouldn't you wouldn't keep milk at 12 degrees and then go I just need to chill that down uh, before I put yeah, it in my cornflakes so true. now milk's more volatile than beer but beer ages badly in, in warm temperatures right. so this room got built when we first moved in and it's huge it goes back 8-10 metres and it holds 7-800 beers and 20-ish kegs and that's where you serve direct from there so there's no usually you connect a keg goes through a chiller that takes it from 10 degrees down to 4 this goes straight out the wall and it's served at 4 degrees I think we're one of when we did it we were one of 6 or 7 in the whole UK that had this set up as a beer wow, shop really? and I don't think we're there's not many more than 10 or 12 this is how breweries serve their beer yeah. it's not how bottle shops serve their beer Yeah. all pubs have an, a cellar which yeah. is 10 to 12 degrees and that, that cast beer that's when you're serving it yeah that's perfect yeah, it's yeah, good yeah. for that yeah yeah but keg beer has to go through a flash chiller to make it cold yeah it's not good for the beer and the science out there to say every day a beer's out at ambient temperature it ages seven times quicker than the beer stalled cold wow okay so if you, you get, if you get a, if you get a week so if you walk into a beer shop and the beer's on a shelf without a fridge check the date Good advice. If you walk into a beer shop where the beer's kept cold all the time and all the fridges, hence the electric bills. So that's why the fridges are important. Yeah. Because you're actually preserving the beer in its best state. We're serving it in the the condition that the brewers want it to be served in. 90% of people don't care. But it makes a real difference to the thing you're drinking and the taste you get. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've never had a bad tasting beer in here, so that's Honestly, part of it. My first research to doing this is I bought a Hoppy Pale Ale in 2016. I kept one in my fridge for six months at four degrees, and I kept one on a shelf. Same batch, same beer, yeah, yeah. literally from the same order. Yep. And then when I popped them out, the one that had been out ambient was a different colour. Really? The colour had changed. It had gone browner, it was less hoppy, the aroma had gone, the flavours were dulled. And it's been sealed in a can the whole time, and yet so it's just the temperature that's done that. Heat. Drink freshies on these cans for a reason. I I thought it was a lot of hype, and I did a lot of testing, and it does make a difference. Well, clearly you believed in it because you would have invested a lot of money in a cold room. So I wouldn't have done all the... I did all the testing before I spent the money. Yeah, I could. That's good. That's the IT professional in you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Talking of like, I wouldn't have done it without doing the research. You're looking back to when you started Pop and Hops. I wouldn't have opened a beer shop. That was my question. So if you know what it's going to be like now, you wouldn't have embarked on that journey? or Maybe I I guess it's no regrets, is it maybe? No, No regrets, but you know, my brain gone from a really well-paid IT job to a not very well-paid running a, your own business job. Satisfaction through the scale. Physical money reward, way down. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm not a young younger chap, so I, I didn't need to earn huge sums of money. As long as I wasn't costing myself anything yeah. and I was taking a bit of a wage, that's fine. I mean, you do all kinds of things here. You do the the tap takeovers where yeah. you'll have a, a, a brewer 
take over all the lines and often someone from the brewer will come and have a chat yeah. and, and I haven't actually made it to one yet which I really want to but they always look and sound amazing they're good you've got, the, you've got the games nights you've got the quiz nights you've got the homebrew night you've got the bottle share night Yeah. what are some of the best nights that you've had here where you've gone this is all worth it and this is I'm actually quite proud of what I've what I've created here we've done a few pollies tap takeovers and one meet the brewer pollies and that just got silly <laughs> I can't tell you what happened otherwise they'd close me but, <laughs> but yeah that was a, that was a silly night plenty of nice tap takeovers some of the board game nights have been incredible because you're just getting people into another thing that I'm passionate about coming in and doing their thing I think for me it's just finding that little groove where you think ah this works but you know you never know what it is because I've tried some nights and they've gone flat on their face when you get one you go oh that's got legs that works yeah. like when we first started doing the bottle shares there was two three of us now when we do them 10 12 hopefully and so just explain the concept of a bottle share even for people that might not realize everyone everyone brings along a sharing bottle from home from home from wherever they can buy it off us yeah so there's a big a big bottle of beer like 750 mil yeah come along share it there's 10 of us you all get a small measure People buy beer while they're here. They buy beers if they haven't got one. And just being nerds geeking out about rare beers, old beers, beers that have gone off because yeah. they've kept it for 10 it's years. It's like show and tell from primary school, isn't yeah. it? Like, why did you choose it? Yeah. Why do you like it? Yeah. And then that passion. And that, that works really well. And then sometimes we get really busy on those nights. Mostly we get like eight, seven, eight, ten people. And that's perfect for us because we hold them on a night when we're not usually busy. And all those people will come in and they'll buy 30 quid a takeaway mm. as well. So yeah. it just adds up. But for me, that is just the passion of people have found really nice beer and they want to share it. Mm. I bought this. I tried it six years ago. I've aged this other one. Let's try it. And we try it and go, oh, that's an age well. <laughs> <laughs> or, wow, that's aged brilliantly. Yeah, yeah. You know, some beers pff, fall off a cliff. Some beers get better. Did you ever do the home brewing thing or not? Oh, I've done a little bit homebrew. I'm terrible. Well, I've made one. Join the club, mate. <laughs> I've, I've made I've made about seven or eight beers in total in the last five six years. One that's been drinkable. All right, okay. I, I'm going to claim that I'm a little bit better than that, but but but, uh, but, but drinkable for me is I. I would think your I think your standards are high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's bad beer, I'm not going to drink it because okay. I've got I've got. A shop, I won't bring you my homebrew then. <laughs> I've got a shop's worth here to taste, mm. which is my job to talk to people about. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, but I've had one where I thought, oh, if I'd bought that in a can in my shop, I wouldn't have been disappointed. There you go. What got you back into beer in the first place? Because I always think of you as music beer lover. Now I can now I can add board games to that as well. Yeah. What got you into beer? What was the start of the beer journey? I hated beer as a teenager. <laughs> it's funny how many people say that. Hated pubs, hated them. Used to go like go and watch your bands and then got into watching bands. And then the beer wasn't great, so I couldn't stand fizzy lager. So back when I was a lad, it was, what's the alternative? It was Hample, what yeah. was good on Hample. So through the 90s, I probably drank what people would consider now real ale. And then at some point in the 2000s, I started drinking things that had hop in the name. And I was like, well, there's something going on here. What's this is the this? kind of genesis of craft ale. Yeah, so, you point. know, Dark Star, Thornbridge yeah. in the early 2004, yeah. 5, 6 era. You know, Brewdog for the all their sins you know that they, they were around that time I didn't become massively beer nerdy until probably 2010 11 12 so not long before I opened the shop 
but at that point I was starting to get into beer and I was like I really like this one I really like this one but m- my breath was very thin I like real ale and hoppy pails yeah and then there was all this stuff in between that I didn't know much about and then I had the idea to do this shop in 2014 when I was still in London and running a record label I mean immediately it took us three years to open so those three years in between I started buying sours Belgians lambics just doing my homework mm. and going well do I like it enough can I can I bluff this can I black it because you know I've got no greater knowledge than anyone else who'd been drinking beer for 20 years in 2014 I was just like I like beer yeah you know, much like many people that go to the pub like beer but can I turn that into a business I don't know mm. well you have done uh, yeah yeah but I yeah. didn't know at the time no no it's true it's yeah. true especially you know, sort of the burgeoning craft scene in the UK so Beaver Town at that time, Colonel, Buxton, Thornbridge, all the brewers, some of them have gone on to do good things, some of them are now owned by Heineken, but we can't help that. But in 2004, 5, 6, 7, Dark Star were amazing at that point. Yeah. I don't know who owns them now, or I, I'm not being nerdy enough to remember, but their beers were incredible. I think they had one called Hophead. Is there a, a brewer that you've stopped from day one? You still stop now? Colonel. Yeah, Colonel, I suppose. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, most of them have fallen by the wayside or got bigger or disappeared. And some of them started after. Me and Polly's kind of interwoven in some ways. They started about six months after I started. And I think I got them in a month, two or three. So they'd have been in stock since month nine or ten, yeah. Okay, yeah. But literally from their inception. I hope you do another police takeover, and I'll definitely make sure I'm here. Oh, the sixth work. birthday celebration will be coming up, but I can't tell you about that. Okay. It's embargoed. Oh, we've got a potential exclusive here. Yeah. I, I won't quiz you any further. Well, it, dep- it depends when this is going out. It's going to be going out just before Christmas, maybe. Yeah, so they're announcing something on the 15th of December. Okay, well. And it's their, their birthday's always in January, so. Okay. So Put two and two together, get Hopefully four. there might be something interesting happening in Pop-Up Hubs involving Polly's in January. Yeah. That's what I'm going to... Yeah. Detective Andy seems <laughs> to have got, got somewhere on this. You were a sleuth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you worked out. So that leads us nicely onto the beer scene in Wales. Some incredible brewers in Wales. Polly's, North Wales. Yeah. What other ones are kind of piquing your interest? Wild Horse, North Wales. Amazing. Wilderness Midwells, amazing. Crafty Devil doing really nice hazy stuff in Cardiff. Dog's Window is probably my favourite South Wales brewery from Regend. They've been on the podcast. I went and recorded in his garage. Literally his brewery. Yeah, I know. It's, it's tiny. It's, it's, it took sm- us, it's smaller than my shop. It took us 30 seconds to do the brewery tour. <laughs> yeah. And if you go on Nat Barbary's TikTok, you can see the brewery tour. I literally held my phone up, went around the garage, yeah. and yeah, it, it takes it's about in, a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's smaller than the shop, but, um, but the they're very good. Incredible. Ten beer, pretty good these days. Yep. Beer riff in Swansea are decent, but then there's a lot of very bad beer made in Wales, and I hate to say it because there's a lot of good breweries out there. My big dilemma for the last two years is like the, the chat from bottle shop owners groups and tap rooms is focused on local. So Cardiff needs to up its game. Flowerhorn are improving. They're decent local brewers, but they're not there. Flowerhorn focus on a style that I'm not massively a fan of. Lots of fruit additives. Very juicy, isn't it? Yeah. Lots yeah. of fruit additives, you know. And then you, you've got Tiny Rebel as well, who just makes like beers for teenagers. As yeah. It. It kind of. Yeah. I mean, they I, they went through. Tiny a, Rebel has changed. 
they were recently. Th- well, I used to gone. I used to start them a lot back in 2017, but then it all became Additive Central, and mm. I, I lost interest basically. Yeah, there was lots of breweries out there doing that sort of thing, and it's not particularly gimmicky beer is not massively my thing, although gimmicky beer sells. But we delisted Tiny Rebel in 2019, 2020. As so in, you don't don't put them on taps anymore. We don't. We, we haven't stopped their beer for about four years. And that's just in response to the beers they're making. Basically. Beers they're making, and it's not selling very well. You can buy it in some supermarkets. I don't need to bother. Fair enough. And yeah. at that point, I don't. You know, Beaver Town got delisted when they became Heineken. Most breweries that end up in supermarkets at any large volume, I just drop them. Right. Because. I can't compete on price, so why bother? So how do you go about picking what goes on the taps? I've got breweries I trust, I've got suppliers I trust, I've got wholesalers I trust, but occasionally I'll get a recommendation from a customer, and then I'll I'll pick out a brewery going, I had this banging beer when I was in Birmingham, and I'll go, oh yeah, I'll buy a keg of theirs. If it goes well, if they do cans, I'll get it in. So it's, it's recommendations. Listening to people you trust, I first got Polly's two months after they opened because one of my regulars had been in North Wales and tried one. So Newbury in North Wales, don't hear of them, I've never heard of them. I'm a beer shopping card. If someone's told me about your beer, what have you got? But that was on the recommendation. Yeah. Without that recommendation, it might have taken me another year to find them. Yeah. So you just listen to your customers, basically, as well. Because I presume you don't get much time to get out and about and visiting breweries and tasting stuff. Not in the way that I want. <laughs> yeah. Would that be your ideal? Like, yeah. If this was kind of like ticking over really If I had someone um, running the shop nine to five, I'd be out three or four nights a week going to different breweries, mm. sampling stuff. Now, I don't even ask for samples because I don't think that's that's fair on breweries. I'll invariably buy a small case and give it a punt if it's no good or I'll stock it again. Yeah. So, you know, I can buy cases of 12. I only need to buy, if it's coming through the courier system, I only need to buy... 24 beers and that's enough to know whether it's yeah, going to sell or and beer. it's not a big risk it's not, I've not spent yeah. 2 grand on that I've yeah. spent 90 quid or whatever and so. with the keg beers that sit in the cold room you know that I guess that's one of the benefits of craft beer being served in that style is it lasts a lot longer and it stays at a good quality like you can have it on tap for how long could you have a, a keg on tap for most keg beers will last a month easy yeah um, cask beer, you're done in five. Yeah. Have you done cask here or will you do cask? Or? Too small. Yeah. We wouldn't shift it. Yeah. Because you need to sell 50 pints. You don't in want to three throw days. beer away, do you? 50 pints in three days, yeah. and when you've got this much choice, no one's buying 50 pints. No, that's days. true. That's true. But you've got seven taps of. Yeah, seven taps of tap and then 300 in the fridges. No one's buying 50 pints of one yeah. beer in three days. So we're not set up for cask. Yeah. I love cask beer but we're not set up for it. If we had another 60, 80 seats and we could guarantee selling yeah. 50 pints over a weekend. Big garden in the summer, yeah. that'd be the but, way to do but it. But we haven't got that, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not the right model for us. So what, what, does, the, what does the future hold? Like what's, I know, I know things are not, not easy, but at the same time, I detect under that steeliness of like, yeah, we should be okay. What's the dream? Like what, what do you want to do with this? At the moment, it's, it's pretty much keep this ticking over and me having to do less. So getting a couple more people in, I can then focus on a few other channels, maybe another venue. We've tried another venue this year out in Campton, and that hasn't massively... And that's just a bottle shop, isn't it? Yeah, that hasn't massively worked, but I think that's all down to 
when you're setting up something like that, you need to be there. And when it's a bit of a passion project, people come for the passion and it's difficult. So for me, the, the dream is, yeah, I can do three days a week here, um, run it remotely, as in get people in to do most of the shifts and then look at expanding. But I don't see the massive worth in expanding unless I can replicate this somewhere else. And to replicate this somewhere else, you need another person who's going to be me. Yeah. And when you run a small business, there's only one here. That's yeah. the, that's the real yeah. issue. So I think the, the cloning is the only answer, really. Yeah, it is. But I think my my ambition for this is to keep this ticking over. I don't have dreams of having twenty shops. I have dreams of having one successful shop. I love that though because. You know, it doesn't have to be about growth and a huge empire. Yeah. It's about this vision that you have and that and that passion for. I'd business. love to have this in a bigger space. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah, um, I'd love to say in five years' time, I'm taking this to a place where we've got double the capacity, and we've got space to sell records again, and we can go back to what I wanted to do at the start. But at the moment, I think being here in three years' time would be. A huge tick. I will do everything I can, and I really, really hope that you are still here because it, you know it. I love this place. It's absolutely brilliant. I've been looking forward to chatting to you about this for a long time, and thank you so much for doing it. Oh, but thank you. I would just say to anyone who's from Cardiff, come down here, experience it because it is something special. And for those of you listening internationally, of which I know there are quite a few now, which I'm very grateful for. Get on the website and also, you know, have a browse, buy some stuff mail order, but also, you know, we, we've just heard from Trev about the passion and heard you talk about, I'm looking at a Polly's uh, cardboard box now, like, check out these breweries in Wales and, you know, yeah. you can get stuff shipped and try it out. This yeah. is a, this is a country full of creative people doing amazing stuff. It's not all perfect. We get that, but there is some brilliant stuff out there. Okay. And this is such a key part of Cardiff, so thank you very much and cheers. Thank you. And thanks for coming on that Bruce. No, thank you, Andy. Thank you so much to Trev for letting us record the Christmas episode of Natvar Brews in Pop and Hops. And it was so funny that we had people there coming in and having beer. It was supposed to be shut, but that is the appeal of this place. As soon as the lights are on, people want to come in. And have a drink and Trev rightly is not going to turn people away but he was so generous with his time and it was great to find out about a place that I genuinely love and really really hope will be part of the Cardiff scene for a long long time to come so people in Cardiff go and support it in any way you can people from further afield go on the website which I'm going to read out to you now it's pop and hops so p-o-p-n-h-o-p-s dot myshopify Com. And on there, you can browse all the beer. There's a subscription club. There's beer boxes. Sell some merch. So do some cool T-shirts. Uh, and you can see uh, all the events that are coming up as well. And you can buy beer through the website as well. And yeah, some of those breweries we've mentioned today, like uh, Wild Horse, like Polly's, like Dog's Window, try and support them. You can find them online. They'll ship to you. Trust me, there's nothing they would like to do more than ship some beers across all the world to some of our more far-flung listeners. That would be great for them. So, 
What a brilliant way to end the year. I can tell you about our first guest of 2024. This is another one that I'm very excited about. Her name is Emmy Harrison West. She is a freelance journalist, a beer writer. She won an award at the uh, Beer Writers Guild. I always get the name of that wrong. It's something like Beer Writers Guild. And I thought the tweet that she sent afterwards was brilliant. And it was along the lines of, you know, this award is dedicated to all the blokes who told me I didn't really like beer and was only drinking beer to hang out with the lads or try and get laid or be cool. And her point, which I totally agree with, is that beer is for everyone. And so we're just going to build on that theme. We're going to talk about beer and diversity. We're going to talk about women in beer. We're going to, and there's, I know there's a few other issues that she wants to talk about and I just can't wait to hear everything she's got to say. So that is one to really, really look forward to recording that in January and then I'll put it out at the end of January right some people like to know (laughs) this is I mean you know I am not a very good home brewer but I am very passionate about it and some people have said we want to know what's going on with your home brews at the moment so here's a quick update every Christmas I do a little Christmas box for three or four of my local friends and it's a little collection of things I've been brewing recently I try and hold on to stuff over the year often that doesn't work because I just drink it Fortunately, I like my own beer, even if no one else does. And actually, to be fair, um, a lot of the people, maybe because it's free, a lot of the people that I give the beer to do say really nice things about it. And that, I really love that. It's great. When you make beer and people like it, that's brilliant. So in the Christmas box this year, we have my latest attempt at lager, which is, I'm I'm not anywhere near where I want to get to with lager yet. It's notoriously hard to brew as a home brewer. We will do an episode on that at some point because there's reasons for it and Actually, the reasons for it give you a lot more appreciation for that beer style lager, which I think is often massively misunderstood. My latest attempt at lager, it was a Stella Artois clone. It didn't come out the way it was meant to, but I actually really like it and it's aging well. I've got it on the keg. Every time I take a bit off the keg every weekend, it seems to be tasting better. So I really enjoyed that. Anyway, I bottled a bit of that and that'll be in the Christmas box. Then we did a great thing with the Rebel Homebrewers here in South Wales, uh, which is the little homebrew uh, group that I'm a member of. Unfortunately, don't get to go to that many meetings, but love to be part of the community. And we did a Advent beer swap. So I think there were eight of us that each brewed a batch of beer, gave eight bottles in, uh, and then Jack kindly curated it all and made sure that we all got eight different beers back so we're all trying each other's beers there are some monsters in there we're talking 11 12 percent some very aged kind of barley wines and uh jack's done some stuff with some cool ingredients in like two versions of the same beer with slightly different ingredients i just made a bog standard pale ale but i need i wanted to take part in it i was pushed for time so i made uh, it's a John Finch uh, house pale ale, which is a real solid recipe. I've got a lot of time for John Finch's uh, recipes because they're, they're kind of tried and tested and they're easy. If you're a beginner home brewer, John Finch is someone to look up for his recipes because they're they're no frills, but they're really solid and they're really good and they're reliable. And so I made a version of his pale ale. It didn't clear very well, so I called it Foggy Morning. It's a great thing you can do with uh, making your own beer. Just call it a name that makes sense of what it looks and tastes like and everyone thinks it was intentional. Anyway, I was very, very happy that one of my fellow Rebel homebrewers said he enjoyed it. He's drunk his already, so that was a big relief to me. So we've got that in there as well. And then finally, we've got cider. I have an apple tree at the end of my garden that was pumping out a load of apples for quite a few years. I have not 
looked after it well enough that's on me and I will try and sort it out this year and gradually the number of apples has fallen but there is some apple juice from my apples in this batch of cider and then I've got apples from elsewhere and yeah I make the cider it's fun to make I don't add anything into it it's totally natural it ends up tasting what it tastes like and it ends up the strength of whatever it is it's a mystery cider Um, so I've bottled that recently so that'll be in there as well so that's what those of you who uh, I will be delivering some beers to can expect that's what I've been brewing Um, but loads of stuff I want to make in the new year and I've had a great year of home brewing listen thank you to everyone who listens to this podcast the numbers are growing which I'm so so thankful for but we can always do with more we're still a very small podcast so and we'd like to get bigger so please tell people about us if you enjoy this episode share with people or just tell people about it I think it is quite a unique podcast in that it's beery but it's always about beer and something else and it's about the conversations that beer starts rather than sitting around and tasting loads of beer although we have done that in the past so thank you so much for listening over this year it means an awful lot to me that people do listen and especially over christmas have some great time have a rest if you possibly can and i'll know i know there's people out there who aren't able to do that but whatever christmas is for you whatever new year is for you even if you hate it I, I kind of hate them both at times, if I'm honest. But anyway, whatever it is to you, I hope it goes as well as it can. And I will be back in the new year with more Nambar Brew. So until then, have a brilliant life, drink nice beer, be kind to each other, and I'll see you next time.